The content of this podcast should not be considered financial or investment advice. All interviews and discussions are opinions only, and the podcast has been created without taking into consideration the listener's financial objectives, financial situation, or needs. Listeners should obtain independent advice before making any financial decisions. This is Barry Fitzgerald, Gary Perro columnist for StockEd. Welcome to another edition of the Explorers podcast. Now, we've got a newbie today, Mining Green Metals, which is a name for the ages, of course. It's in the process of raising $5 million to explore in WA across nickel, lithium, copper, platinum group metals and uranium. Now, it's uh, associated with uh, Australian vanadium, which is... uh, placing two projects into the uh, IPO and Briar Resources, which is uh, contributing another one. It's uh, in the final stages of uh, raising the money and shouldn't be too far off listing. So we'll have a nice, tightly capitalised explorer on the list before long and across commodities, which uh, are all the go at the moment, which uh, is reflected in the name, of course, Mining Green Metals. To bring us up to speed with uh, the company, a bit on bit of its background and what the future is at the projects. We have Vincent Algar. Now, Vincent is well known to everyone as MD of Australian Vanadium, which uh, is a company he took from, I think, about $5 million up to $152 million. He's got that advanced vanadium project in the Midwest. But today we're talking about mining green metals. G'day, Vincent. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Barry. Thanks for thanks for having us on to talk about MG1. Vincent, uh, it's obviously a new company, so it'd be great if we give investors just a bit of a background on the formation of the company and the uh, some of the strategy behind it. Yeah, great, Barry. Thanks. Uh, thanks for the time. I think we've chosen we've chosen the the, the name appropriately. I think there's we, we've seen a lot of that recently, but there are the reality of the decarbonisation strategy and how it impacts the growth and the need for new deposits of these minerals is absolutely clear and it's really driving the economics of exploration at the moment in, in our state. So there's a lot of sense around that. I'll, I'll use the term, the listing code for the rest of this interview called MG1, yeah. uh, which is which is what our listing code is going to be. So it'll save us having to say it all out loud. Uh, but the website itself is uh, is mininggreenmetals.com.au so people can find that very easily on the web. And we've um, so we've, we've put the company together through having had two excellent projects in inside AVL and one within Briar Resources that we that we were really not able to focus on properly. Um, obviously, you mentioned before we've we've really really are in within AVL focused on the development of our Gabinetho uh, vanadium project up in the Midwest uh, at the Australian Vanadium Project and the all of the all of the stuff that goes along with that and the development of that of that of that mine uh, and processing plant. So. Uh, we recently um, completed a, 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 the paperwork for a government grant with the federal government, which uh, saw us receive the first $9.8 million of that towards developing that project. So it's very much on. We've started to add to the team and, and really get on with it. So Vanadium is, is a, again, a very much a in-the-focus green metal. It uh, helps with the greening of steel and helps with the greening of um uh, of the battery market by use of flatanium flow batteries. So what we ended up doing is looking at our, our other assets, in particular Coates. Uh, Coates was an, an asset that I actually picked up. It's up near Wandawi, which for those who don't know, is a, a little town on the way to Northam in WA. So it's in the sort of um, 
in the wheat belt and about 25 kilometers south of the Judamar uh, um, Platinum Palladium project, which is in, in the Midwest region. Uh, sorry, in the um, just in the Perth region. What ended up happening was I picked up the, the Coates asset when we were looking at growing additional uh, vanadium resources in AVL because uh, there's actually a, an existing Titaner magnetite vanadium resource on this property. Right. And it was actually vacant ground. I was able to approach and, and peg it and, and start working on it a couple of years ago. And through the course of our accumulation of historical data about the vanadium, uh, vanadium deposit at that area, which was mined in the 1970s and actually did actually deliver some pig iron um, at the Wendawi smelter in the 1970s. But as we were doing the work, we identified that uh, oh, sorry, the, the, the Judamar discovery was made just up the road. Massive discovery in, in Western Australia history proved that there is an incredibly rich corridor of, of uh, platinum, base, platinum base metals up and down the Perth, uh, the Perth, in the Perth region, all the way up in the north from Yalgu, all the way down to, to Augusta in the south, and um, caused us to reevaluate this property. Um, through the course of a couple of years, we... Um, we did a whole bunch of work. We collected some old core. We built a geological database model. We did soil sampling. Uh, we did some electromagnetics. Um, and we got an EIS-funded uh, drill program, which we actually completed on the project. And all of this started to work. And we did an e- a CSIRO project as well. And all of this started to point to the fact that north of the main magnetite is an ultramafic unit with a very strong electromagnetic signature. And that is the real excitement about this barrier. It's a really, really exciting prospect and the holes we drilled in the EIS program partially government funded by their incentive program actually started to deliver some really really elevated copper nickel and chrome values including platinum and palladium over about a 200 meter wide zone so we we released these at AVL and um, uh, we're talking about grades around 0.13 percent copper over 10 meters but over a 20 meter wide zone and these these grades are actually reminiscent of some of the Overall grades that we see in the in the in the global resource of, of Chalice, the geology lines up; it matches up exactly. There's a lot of similarity between the geology, and this is not just our view, but the view of the independent geologist in the prospectus and the CSIRO. So, we're very very keen to get out on the ground on day one and find uh, look, make sure we have a crack at finding another Chalice. And I'm I'm a firm believer, having looked at this geology now for a number of years. Um, and coming from a South African background, having worked in platinum um, and gold, that understanding that this region, the Perth region, all the way from the north to the south, is going to yield multiple deposits over time, and we want to be the we want to be one of those deposit discoveries. So that's our ultimate objective with respect to the Coates deposit. We have a fully permitted um, drill site; it's cleared. Um, we can follow up on the AVL drilling that was completed last year. And we're going to get straight into it with a very long diamond hole. The diamond hole will pierce um, an electromagnetic target to the north uh, of the existing um, holes we've drilled. So we've drilled about 10 holes um, into the deposit so far, all at a shallow depth. And the, the objective is to drill a deeper hole. And that's really super exciting discovery level stuff. What, what, what WA listed, junior listed companies are meant to be doing on, on, on their first day out. So we're super keen to have investors come in and, and join that ride with us. Um, and we've done a lot of work to get to that point. So it's not a blind uh, first hole. It's it's a well-calculated, well-researched first hole that, that AVL has, has helped fund. And AVL, as a result, will take a, a stake of this and end up holding around 11% of the, 
of the listed entity, giving giving AVL shareholders a good upside to this. As part of the IPO, AVL shareholders have a, a priority sort of entitlement to shares in the new company? Yes, they have, and they've taken that up. Um, we, we sort of closed the priority offer off, but AVL shareholders are most welcome to to, to clip in and, and, and help us close this. Um, I will say that in the IPO process at the moment, the markets are, are very tough on IPOs. Um, so all the, all the um, support we can get in this IPO process, especially since the, the resulting capital structure will be very, very tight and easy to move the stock price. Uh, the interesting examples around us are Caspin and Charger, who are, who've listed similar asset mixtures over the last few years. And, and as IPOs go, both of those um, IPOs have, have, have lasted very, very well. And it's interesting that they have because they've got a similar asset mix to ours in terms of targets. So lithium and, and platinum, palladium, nickel, copper in both cases, and or in certainly in the case of um, uh, rare earths and nickel, uh, platinum, palladium in terms of, of, of Gaspin. So both good, good IPOs to be associated with both geographically and, um, and, and, and looking at, at the type of thing we're looking for. So we're super excited about this next step from, from a codes point of view. But the project is not wholly around codes. Um, the other AVL vend we'll we'll only mention briefly in this chat is um, is Nathana Hill, which is a small um, granted mining lease on a on a uh, a kinetide uranium deposit. And uh, given the way the world is going with respect to green metals, we think that uranium is very very rapidly going to become an important part of that. And WA itself, as we all know, in the state has got the best and largest uranium deposits uh, uranium deposits anywhere in the world. So. When those start to, when when uranium becomes an important part of the green energy future, then the sources of uranium are going to be very important. But that's a bit of a sleeper, and uh, we'll keep it we'll keep it a, a, on hand. It's quite closely associated with some of the assets of Toro Toro Resources, which we know is one of the probably one of the first cabs off the rank uh, when when the state government changes its uh, its views on uranium. Just to locate that one, the Toro Energy projects to the south and. Your project is uh, roughly 50k southeast of Mikathara, so good yeah. world for mining of any sort. One of the interesting things about the company being new, obviously, and you touched on it there, you have a very tight capital base. So am I right in saying at the issue price market cap uh, fully diluted would be uh, around $9 million? Correct. That's correct, yep. With an EV of about 4.8 with about 5 in the bank, so... And and, we, and given that we've run the process a little bit longer than we've liked, but we've we have persisted with it, and we'll continue to persist with it. Um, we have got a really good. Uh, we, we're really looking at closing the offer off. So in the next couple of weeks, it's it's about. Um, we've had good response so far, particularly from the priority offer, as you mentioned, from both Briar and AVL. So we're down to the last uh, little bits of of closing this out. We're very enthusiastic to to get players in. Um, and close this off and get in the field and get our drilling done. So, but we've had a good response so far. The broking community has not been, I say, over enthusiastic in in the way it should have been in the good old days, Barry. When 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 there was a lot of life in the IPO market, um, but we know that um, this is where the explorer must persist um, and look to to find the right investors to get involved with early stage exploration because without it, um, there is no uh, green mineral technology change there are no green minerals there are no minerals at all and uh, ipos have to be the stalwart of that and um where the brokers might run and hide under a rock sometimes we 
we try and flush them out by telling them um, and showing them and telling them the story around what we try to do when we get listed. That's one of those curious things. Once uh, you do your list and get on with the drilling program, I don't think that uh, diluted market cap of uh, 8.9 million will last long, particularly as you put your first hole holes into coats. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. And just a little bit about the other asset coming from Briar. So the other really exciting part of this is is obviously the ongoing and and continuing interest in lithium in, in the state. We've we've now one of the largest hard rock producers, or we are the hard largest hard rock producer of lithium uh, spodumene products in, in the world. And that's only happened in a couple of years. And as we start to evaluate regions that have not been evaluated for lithium before, we're finding more and more sizable deposits. Uh, remembering that in places like Lake Johnson, where um, it was primarily a, a nickel region for many years with the, with the nickel mines in that area, um, uh, owned by um, uh, the, the various players that have, that have mined in that area. And a lot of the exploration was in the greenstones for gold and, um, and, and nickel. Uh, but, but really only recently have we started to switch our minds to to looking at for lithium, but if you look at the region now, you've got um, multiple Mount Holland, Mount Marion, you know Mount Caitlin. You've got a number of different, very very large and operating um, lithium mines in the Goldfields region. So telling us that these are big and sizable resources of lithium, lithium, and the world is is ultimately still going to be short of lithium, and WA is the place to look for it. And um, just in in a more local sense. The, the geology around uh, the company will have MG, MG1 will have a sizable uh, block of ground in the, in the region around Lake Johnson, totally unexplored uh, for lithium minerals, um, except for except for nickel exploration that has indicated a couple of um, opportunities uh, and rocks that at all point towards the same thing. And again, coming back to the, the Charger minerals op- opportunity, Charger have already had a discovery in that region on their Medcalf discovery showing that there's multiple lenses of, of mineralized pegmatites in that region. And and basically what we're going to be doing is going out and doing good solid geological work, following um, all the necessary tools and methods that one does follow, but turning the, the analytical engine towards towards lithium and, and the pegmatites. Um, again, something we've we've um, got experiencing within the team um, and we're ready to, to grow the team and, and, and work the geological um Work to the geological steps that'll get us there. So we're sort of coming in with a good base. The team, the team itself is ready made. We can draw within, draw from the the Briar and and and, and uh, AVL um, staff, geological staff who are available um, through our office arrangements um, that'll allow us to be on the field in day one without having to build a team from scratch. So we're super excited by the opportunity that Lake Johnson itself represents. And again, I refer to Charger that um, has done very very well. Uh, with the work they've done in that region, um, coming out coming out of the gate um, with a good set of tenements that are, uh, very much correspond. So there is still a lot of discovering to be done um, on the platinum palladium side and on the nickel uh, on nickel side, and definitely on the lithium side. And we we want to be part of that, and and we invite investors to to have a closer look at the prospectus and and come and join us for this uh, this little final. Final piece. You mentioned uh, Mount Holland in that Lake Johnson area. That, of course, was uh, owned by Kidman Resources, and it was originally a, a, a gold exploration uh, project. Exactly, exactly. And someone yeah. mentioned uh, go and look for the lithium, and uh, they ended up with the Mount Holland deposit, one of the, the biggest lithium deposits in the world, now being developed by 
West Farmers and um, is it SQM out of uh, Chile? So, Correct. Huge. Mm. These are huge companies that are participating and we're seeing that whole supply chain really starting to join in now. And uh, I mean, even recently we saw Hancock joining the party. You know, we've got uh, uh, Lake um, Liontown being bid by by large companies and um, uh, you have to look, keep looking for those things that will move the dial. But I think similar to our gold model, we'll find that even the smaller deposits get mined in the end um, when they when they're there because so you have to accumulate all those resources because um, there's just simply not going to be enough of this stuff and uh, anyone who's got their hands on anything reasonable um, is there. But Liontown's a good example, right? You would have you would have walked over that a hundred times, and there and there it is. It's it's a massive resource, 156 million tons, and it's it's in a place that no one really looked forever. So um, there's some very very good um, opportunities still to be found within the region. So we, uh, what, what we want to do, um, the AVL and Briar shareholders are going to participate in this. The AVL and, and, and Briar will hold this as optionality for this these assets, which that while they focus on their core business, uh, in AVL's case, vanadium, in Briar's case, manganese, um, and then give opportunity for new investors to come in and take advantage of, of this project. Can you give us a feel for what the vend is? What will the uh, uh, new investors own in the uh, MG1? The IPO shares will own about fifty six percent of the um, of the of the of the company. Uh, seed investors uh, about eleven, and uh, Briar and AVL about eleven each. Um, so that'll that's where we'll end up at the end. So th- there's a. That gives us a pretty tight structure, as you mentioned, only 25 million shares on the float, plus some of the um, uh, most of the seed is locked up uh, with all the other stuff. And then the AVL and Briar consideration shares are also locked up for two years. So that means the float on this thing will be very, very tight. And that's exactly what people want to see. Um, at the early stages while we get those first few holes in. A lot of uh, comp- exploration companies out there nowadays with uh, one, two, three billion dollars, uh, uh, billion units, uh, shares on issue. So even if they do make an exploration success, sometimes it kind of gets lost in the market cap might move a bit, but the share price doesn't move, yeah. Correct. And, you know, and I think just one, just one last thing there on, on, the, um, on, on, the, on my position. So I've, I've taken, um, taking a non-exec role on this board, with the, with the view of of sort of custodianing the AVL the AVL holding there, and obviously with a strong history in, in what we've done in the past, both on Nathana and and um and and Coates with all the history behind that. So bringing our team in and getting really getting interested in the geology, we've we've done quite a lot of work, and we we, we really think we've got to chase this thing down. It's um uh, it's one of those things that I'd I don't want to leave on the table as being undrilled. Sometimes you can leave things behind, but sometimes you can't, and this is one of those. Now, the MD is Ian Stewart. Tell us a bit about Ian's background. Yeah, Ian's, Ian's been involved with listed junior companies for some time. He's had a he's had a, a foray into into places like Chile. Um, he's got a strong background of his own in operating um, as a mine, mine geologist and exploration geologist here in WA and in, um, and in, uh, in West Africa uh, through his career. And knows the methodologies of what we need to do, but he's also had a strong capital market background. So, been involved in his time with Macquarie, some of the broking companies here in Perth as a, as a trader. So, gets the the need and and structure of raising money and also uh, needing to manage money in in these exploration companies, but also to keep the news flow going, which is really really critical. You don't want to go into put this into a hole and it doesn't come out again. So, you really got to, you got to see the news, uh, sell the story, sell the dream to everybody as well, and that's why they want to hear. That you're going on to the next thing and moving the project forward. So Ian's a Ian's an old an old player in that space, 
uh, and we're looking forward. My our chair um, on the on the board as well is our um, is the old AVL chair Brenton Lewis, who 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 grandly assisted me through uh, through the growth phase of AVL and supported me through AVL. So I'm very happy to have him back in there. Now, in terms of news flow, um, what will be uh, what's your expectation from on the uh, drilling front? Yeah, so straight in the ground, um, turning, getting that rig on site. So news flow in week one or two. Uh, drill rigs, drillers lined up. Um, quite good drill availability right now. We've got a diamond rig. It's it's only a drilling one to two holes from this first program, but it's a decent diamond rig that we're going to put in there. So we'll, we'll mobilize that diamond rig as soon as the funds are cleared. It's at Coates, obviously. Yeah. At Coates, yep. And um, we'll get straight onto the ground in there and get that rig going. So that's only about a two or three week drill program. Obviously, these days, if you have decent, decent sulfide intersections, you have to disclose those. So you have to be talking about them and putting the pictures and all the qualifications in the marketplace. So you could get before you even get assays, if you have the right hit, you're going to be putting that out. And given that we've actually drilled some mineralization in this area before, um, there's a good start that we could be doing that again. Um, obviously, that's that's the exciting part. Followed that, we'll have the assay results from that. From that, as soon as we finish that drill program and wrapped up there uh, for the purposes of that, that, those holes, we'll be mobilizing the team into the um, into the Lake Johnson area. Um, good time to be doing it sort of later part, sort of second part of um, August, September, uh, and then getting out on the field and starting to do some recce work around some of our primary targets. A lot of those are a long strike um, of the mapped areas that Charger have been chasing and looking through the historical data. The data package that is in the company has actually been growing through the, the briar work that they've had on the granted tenements, um, and then just working out around the fringes of the greenstones and starting to get some get some soil programs and some air core programs in, in into play. And um, the um, the exciting thing about air core is that we can get in there pretty early and do some some wide-ranging programs to determine the base geology. And, and that's really where uh, we saw the success that Charger had um, at their deposit nearby. So they've started to drill early on, but having done some good geological work, uh, but over a very short space of time. Team's very experienced in the space, so ready to roll. So there we go, folks. Mining green metals. Prospective code is MG1. And I uh, don't want to harp on it again, but uh, at the uh, issue price, very small market cap for a company that's uh, about to put some uh, jeweler bar type holes down and then some, uh, I can say it, uh, Mount Holland type holes down for lithium in uh, the Lake Johnson project. So definitely one to watch as it comes, uh, hits the boards uh, in uh, the near term. So Vincent, thanks very much for your time today. Good luck with it all. We'll be watching with interest. Thanks, Barry. Thanks very much for the opportunity.